Guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast, and welcome back to the last of the sales installment. Guys, I told you already that today was going to end up being the last day, or obviously the last day before, you know, going into um, the new month of the year, which is March. And today we're going to sum up, we're going to be talking about and going over everything in regards to, wow, what a beautiful journey that these sales podcasts have given. Now, again, did they end up getting a lot of attention right out of the block? Not necessarily. It would have to take three to four days. But I do believe at some point in the future, when Business English ends up becoming very big on Spotify and on the ESL podcast, they will completely take off. These are the things that I actually teach and walk my students through in terms of them becoming better individuals so that they could sell their product because it's them who is selling themselves and then understanding the customer journey map and stuff like that. So now that we're going into very interesting times in regards to what had happened, you know, with GameStop since the dawn of the new year and seeing the, the online communities that are on full attack against these monsters and hedge funds. We're going into investment. I'm going to be discussing that this upcoming Friday. But today is the last day. We got Robert. We have Lisa. We have a new person by the name of Estelle. And we got Phil Berg who are going to be discussing some things in regards to customer visits, uh, talking about retention, customer complaints, managing complaints, and all that other good stuff. So guys, what we're gonna do, we're gonna kick this off and let me hurry up and screen share so I do not fall apart because I know that I have a tendency of part. And the first question is on the video, who are more important as I discussed before, new or existing clients? Here's the audio, let's do it. Of existing customers to me are what is the foundation or the, the rock that you've built for your business. So looking after those for me is one of the highest um, and most important elements of the business. Um, they're the ones that again are our marketing team that are going and telling people about what service we're offering and that's a much more powerful tool than me telling them how good we are offering that service. So I would say existing but obviously to grow you need those new customers but I think they come from your existing customers. That's right. So again, to pause that and to, again, double down on what he had said, the new customers who are coming, they come from older customers. They could come from mentions as such as, and again, I'm like that quintessential, you know, I'm the greatest representation of this because now that I possibly give shout outs to my uh, former students who have come on and achieved those TOEFL scores. Now, there's an influx, that meaning there is a rise in people who are sending me messages through Instagram or following me on Facebook. Now, again, it's a tell of two tales. I got very lucky, maybe with about three students through Facebook. It could be an Egyptian student, an Indian student from last year in November, and uh, obviously my, my Chilean student who's getting ready to go in for the TOEFL coming up soon. But the majority of them do come from my Spotify. So Spotify and the way I market on Spotify is phenomenal, right? And people trust my product. So to get those messages, such as what I just got two days ago from a wonderful, beautifully wonderful individual uh, by the name of Priscilla, shout out to you. There are two Priscillas, by the way. One did me dirty and didn't show up. So no shout out to you. Priscilla. Okay. But the other Priscilla, man, she shouted, she came to me. She's like, listen, I'm going in for TOEFL at this time. I would like you to coach me. 
See, that's how good I am at extending. Again, yes, this is sort of like, I don't look at it as a transaction, right? And that's what Lisa had taught me. I look at it as a way of, wow, I gave her so much that she's like, I extended that trust already and she knows that I can help her in her journey, right? So not an, an existing customer, but able to extend my trust by like having that integrity, proving my capabilities and getting those results and having the good intention from the very beginning. So now we're going into the next question. What methods do you use to retain existing customers? This could be Robert or this could be- um, We have a sales team that will Estelle. be visiting markets for the pure purpose of keeping in touch with our customers to see if there's any problems, any suggestions, any ways how we can improve things. Retaining existing customers is really important. Showing them that you're there, available to offer added value. It's not always about selling your services. It's about building your credibility, offering them information that they can use and they can get value out of. Touching base with them regularly, making them feel valued and educating them into how they can refer you on and thanking them. In order to retain ex existing customers, you have to stay on their radar. You have we send out quarterly um, bits of information that will help them, help them save money or tell them about an exciting new product. So again, very important, exciting new products, stuff like that. Um, oh man, what did I do recently? I forgot what it was. Oh, uh, for follow-up, because remember I talked to you guys about follow-up. Now, I remember, man, I had a number of different individuals. I thought, you know, one, uh, one individual, she was gonna end up buying uh, or at least, you know, getting the training that she needed and her being a nurse in Canada, I absolutely believe that she would, but she never came back around. Kosovan, she never came back around. Uh, Brazilian, I mean, there's a number of them and I'm going to have to start writing names and taking a lot of different things down. But um, being able to stay on their radar and show them that I do care. So such is what I do today. Let me see. If I were to make a TOEFL IBT video today in regards to a how to write a conclusion for the independent essay, I'm going to send it directly to the Kosovan who said that she was going to contact me towards the end of, or who was going to contact me towards the end of January, just to show that, hey, I do care, regardless if you pay or you do not pay. Right. So this is very important because when people show that or you show that sort of care, it means all the difference in the world. Now, again, there are a tell of two tales, as you guys had heard on the podcast about two weeks ago in regards to me and Crystal. Spotify, they know that I absolutely care about everyone. Facebook, I have to develop that trust. You know, and so, again, having already talked about that and having you know, there was, I won't give the nationality, but we already know where they come from uh, because I've said it a couple of times, but you know, she added me, she's like, oh, I'm having problems with my speaking part one. Do you have any advice? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. And I, I came at this from a different perspective because I know her being from that, uh, I don't know, her adding me and unfortunately her being from that country, I know that and out of like the last 20 students I've dealt with from that country, although I've helped them, they have not helped me in a way of just even spreading my podcast. I'm not talking about financially. I know that that's coming. It's already here, obviously. I'm like the king of the world. But from a perspective like, can you at least share my podcast with people who you find value? 
like if you find it valuable i mean random people in latvia and turkey have done this all big shout out to my latvians and my turks but jesus christ like you don't even want to do that like i give you one free hour consultation you disappear so it's funny because i told her i said i i'll send you some podcasts she's like are they free i said see there you go there you go. So let me hurry up and put this into perspective for anyone and everyone who's probably listening and taking a test preparation course. Let me give you an example very quickly so that you could probably make sense of this. If you're going for a master's degree, unless you get a full ride scholarship and you're going to have all your food and everything paid for, you're going to have to put some money towards your studies no matter what. Now, the reason why you're going to have difficulty is because if you're not willing to make the investment in your own education now, you're going to have extreme difficulty. Let me give you an example of what that means. If a TOEFL test is $200 and you don't get your mark, you're going to have to pay an additional $200 to take it the second time. Okay, so let's say you tell you, okay, $400 US down. You didn't you get your score. You're going to have to pay another $200. See, after the first time you had taken TOEFL, what you could have done was, ooh, I got this score. Let me invest 200 of that dollar, you know, the dollars that I could potentially lose out on the second test if I do not get the score into a mentor, into a coach. So instead of paying $600 worth of TOEFL tests, all you had to do was pay $400 or maybe even $200 with the $200 stipend or not even a $200 stipend. You could pay literally $50 or maybe $100 more to just get yourself the score that you need and you don't even want to do that. Does that make any sense to you? So put it together in financial terms. You're wasting more money taking the test than you could have if you had just put together the money and the stipend from the very beginning, finding that mentor or that coach, even having me and okay, maybe you didn't have that. But for those of you who haven't taken the test yet and you need the score, and you're getting ready to pay 200, you know you're not gonna get the score, depending on how you're doing. Like if you're very good at English, such as a Mexican girl who I had dealt with um, towards the end of January, you know, she doesn't need extra training to get an 83 in TOEFL. I, I highly doubt that, you know, but some of you do need that training. So again, you know, there was another guy real quickly before we get into this last one. Um, I think he, I can't remember where he's from, India, Bangladesh, some, some country around there. And it's funny, he got in contact with me and then he started just asking me a lot of different questions. And I was like, okay, so you obviously don't know nothing about me, my website, you don't know anything about my Spotify, my Instagram. I mean, me being the top 1%, obviously, you, okay, you don't know much, that's okay. Uh, but at the same time, he's like, oh, well, $50 a month is too expensive for me. I said, well, I can't help you. I can't help you. Right when he said that, listen, if you can't pay $50 a month, but you're willing to pay $200 for the test and fail it and pay another $200, does that really make any sense to you? You're bullshitting. There's no such thing as, oh, $50 a month is too expensive for me. Bullshit. You just don't want to pay it because you think everything in the world comes free. You come from a very poverty mindset. And this is going to destroy you later on in your life because that's all you're going to believe in. Oh, it's too, too too expensive, too expensive, too expensive. You're like some of the poor ass, I'm sorry, not poor ass. Some of the tourists who have a poor mindset, they come to Thailand, which is already known for being very cheap. And I understand that they have a lot of knockoff Chinese copies, but you try and haggling someone to go from $1 to 50 cents. 
that's a poor mindset. You have a poor mindset. So I remember he just kept asking me questions, and I said, wait. I said, sorry, uh, $50 is the price, bro. You can't haggle me. He's like, okay, uh, well, when do we start? And I was going to say, uh, when you pay. But then I said, you know what? You're going to be too much of a problem of a client. No, there's no starting. Never spoke to him again. Then I blocked him about a couple weeks later because those types of people are ignorant. If you come out the block and you're trying to haggle me, you suck. And it's so beautiful because last month I actually posted a video about never sell yourself for cheap. And I talked about the two, the tale of two tales. My Spotify market, which they are willing to pay, but then I have the Facebook market who don't know me. And they're willing, they're, they try haggling me because obviously they come from very poor minded mindsets, you know? So I just want to fit that in there so you guys have an idea. Now let's get back into this video. How does your company deal with customer complaints? Oh, what a rant that was. We have a very um, dedicated customer service team that um, on a daily basis, they are the front line, you know, dealing with customers. Um, and they will be, um, sending us through the complaints from the customers and um, we usually do like a really thorough investigation to make sure what has happened, how we can how we can prevent it from happening again, what processes can we put in place or improve in order for this to not happen again. Initially dealing with customer complaints, the customer needs to feel heard and validated that what they have to say is real going away and then getting the facts of the situation and coming back in a non-emotional diplomatic way to respond to the customer and deal with them fairly and admitting fault if necessary. And in fairness, quite often complaints may not be justified. If it costs you some money to put that complaint correct, even if it's not necessarily justified, don't think of it as a cost. Think of it as an investment. I like that. I like that. Now, again, if you're dealing with your brand, such as me, and you know, I don't look at it as a way of me feeling pity for the person, but if she came back to me, such as this lady did because she missed her speaking test by one point, and she's like, hey, I need help with reading. I gave her a free hour very quickly just to show her, hey, I do care. It's an investment. I'm invested in me. I'm invested in my brand. She went on to pay an extra two hours. See what I mean? That's how it works. So, here we go. How do you feel when you receive poor service? This is a very, very good question. I hate receiving poor service. As a customer, I feel that customers do come first as long as they're valid in what it is that they're saying. And if I feel that as a customer that I haven't got what the company has promised, that they haven't communicated effectively or efficiently with me, they haven't imparted the right information in a timely fashion, then yes, I do tend to speak up and say, uh, I do tend to speak up and say where I think they've gone wrong and how they can improve. Feedback's always essential in customer complaints and companies taking that on board in order that they can improve their customer service is the only way that they are going to improve. Mm -hmm. Improve their customer service is the only way they are going to improve. Thank you very much, Lisa Cato. Guys, there it is. I'm so grateful for being able to take you through this entire segment. 
and before getting in, obviously, you guys are going to hear the episode coming up this Friday and then going into the first week of March. This is going to be the new investment. There's going to be a lot of vocabulary, a lot of things that we're going to have to cover, but it couldn't have come at a more better time given the fact of what's happening with the volatility in the markets. But going back to the sales and being able to go through all those segments, man, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to be able to give you guys that amount of content to, you know, understand and figure out are there things that you need to work on it's it's really funny you know that i mentioned you know work on different things in regards to you because there was a blog again this blog was made like eight years ago but a lot of people have a tendency of not a lot of people but the very very broken mindsets have a tendency of saying oh personal development no i would never do that and their excuse would be is that you would always believe that something's wrong with you no it's about continual growth. See, if I hadn't taught you that and you ended up listening to all my podcasts or hadn't listened to my podcasts, how can you get better at sales? How can you get better at anything? It's not about reflecting a mirror in your face and saying, oh, I'm not good enough and not accepting you. No, this is self-acceptance, but also understanding that we live in a progressive universe and the only way to get better is to work on you. Like, what if Michael Jordan... You know, again, this is a personal development, but it's the same thing, right? Because Michael Jordan isn't accepting of himself. He's not going to work on himself to bulk up his muscles during the beatdowns he had taken against the Detroit Pistons back in the 1980s. So Michael Jordan, oh, you know, I'm not going to accept myself. I'm just going to keep trying and trying and trying. I'm not going to build up anything. No, he's got to take his body to the lab. He's got to get bigger. He's got to get stronger. He's got to get more skills. He has to be, build up more awareness. And he ended up beating the Pistons after about three, four, five times. So in regards to your life, it's all about getting better. Hell, we all accept ourselves. The self-acceptance and the love that I have for myself is unconditional on a level that has never been before. So going back to the whole development of you, developing your English, that developmental mindset is called a growth mindset. You're growing into the better Arsenio, but at the same time, you love everything about yourself, right? So you love your brown hips, your mocha, your mocha skin, your wide hips, your mocha skin, your brown skin, whatever it may be. You love everything about you, but understanding that there are different areas in your life in regards to working in a team or working as a team leader or being a better spouse or a better husband, there's always room for improvement. If you believe that you're going to be the same husband you were at the very beginning that you were at the end, she's going to leave you. She will. You see what I mean? It's all about development. So with that being said, that was my little motivational speech. Thank you so much for tuning in to this sales series, people. Investment is coming up this Friday. And again, man, I just couldn't thank you guys enough. <coughs> oh, God, I hate this dust. With that being said, I'll be seeing you guys tomorrow for another podcast. Over and out.